0: and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Waking up the wonder. I think that's a, a, good, uh, that's a good mindset to go into the new year, into maybe a new season in your life. Uh, with Just waking up, the, you know, the, uh, the, the truth of who God is. You, you remember the first time whenever you, you, you met Jesus Christ, the first time whenever you, uh, you realized what, what gift had been given to you that you could be saved, that the creator of the universe, with love and majesty, wanted to know you, wanted to be a part of your life and wanted to walk with you and just all the things that you saw that he could do and he did do. And the beauty of Jesus Christ, it was a big deal for me just to realize that humble and, and, and purposeless as I was, that God looked at me and saw value and wanted to walk with me, wanted to inhabit my life. That's a huge deal. And we've seen him do miracles. We've seen him make make a way sometimes financially or physically whatever it is we've seen him do great and mighty things i know that i have and i know so many of you bear those same testimonies the things that god can and do we've seen him take lives that were completely broken and spiraling out of control and then set their feet on a solid rock give them a path give them a destination to that path and seen him keep them all the way i've seen it have you but sometimes it's easy to uh just let even the most supernatural, the most amazing, the most spectacular things become wrote. rote. R-O-T-E, rote, just something that you just, you, we, can, we can minimize this, the, the amazing. There was a, there's an old quote about, you know, that, that I remember growing up and I saw this guy. It was a, in a Civil War. I think it was a movie about you know, the Civil War. And this guy said, uh, you sure have a gift for complicating the obvious and trivializing the momentous. And It is a really good quote. Sometimes I feel like we can do that. We can, we can, uh, we can, you know, complicate the obvious as Christians. What it just, you know, just loving the Lord, loving people, treating people right, and, and following after, you know, a good God. We can complicate the, the the obvious and trivialize. You know what trivialize means? To make it, you know, just, just something that's you know, not even a big deal. Just something that's a, you know, you don't even think about very much. The momentous, the amazing, the things of God. I pray that that's not where we're at, but I feel like sometimes it is, you know. I feel like all of us can kind of fall back into that, uh, you know, into this, oh, good morning, you know. You're, you're addressing the king of the universe who walks with you as ears inclined to us. And it's good sometimes to, on purpose, stir ourselves within ourselves and wake up the wonder, the wonder of who he really is, amen. We're going to go in a moment. Um, you can turn there in your Bibles, and then we'll start reading here in a bit. But we're going to go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, and we'll be in verse 1. As kids, I remember I've got a couple of my sisters here, so we're missing one, but uh, they, they will remember. And then uh, Sister Parker, Brother Parker, will certainly remember the things that, you know, the, how we would tear up the garden, tear up everything, you know, at the house there in Indiana where, you know, we spent the biggest part of our childhood. And I remember me and these girls, Emily, stand up. And, all right, that's my, that's my sister. For those of you who don't know, um, she's going to be partially standing the whole time. That's my you can sit down. Um, so these are, these are my little, my baby sisters, my little sisters. And we would play games together. And the thing with us is we would always, uh, we would always start these games. And then, you know, we would spend all of our time setting stuff up. We going to set it up right, you know. We're gonna we gonna, gonna make everything right. We're gonna build the, the fort, you know, build the toys, build the house that we're gonna eventually play in. And we were the worst because we would spend days setting up the situation, you know, making it all cool and nice, and then forget about it. And we ne- I don't ever remember us getting around to actually playing the game together. Do you? That's unbelievable. You know, we're <laughs> even now, like I don't remember ever getting to. And we would like really, I mean, and we were a little bitty kids, but rather creative. So we took, uh, we, we drug out mom's, uh, you know, there's like uh, four by fours that you kind of fence the, you know, the walkways in. You know, the long, you, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. The, you know, the long pieces of wood that they have a purpose, which is not, you know, to make a G.I. Joe fort, but, you know, que sera, sera. So we would drag those out and we made this dairy and we made this huge, you know, thing out of like these like uh, four by fours and it had a fence around it. Like this big thing It's like eight feet by eight feet. And we had our, you know, I had my G.I. Joes, 12-inch G.I. Joes. So they had their Barbies all in there. And so, like, the, the situation is they were going uh, to be, you know, shipwrecked or their plane had gone down or something. And we, we got an umbrella, and we tore it all the pieces, took the metal spokes out of it, and then bent it, like, in circles and made this, like, uh, tent wigwam-type deal. And then we got Mom's saran wrap, like the clear stuff, and then went all around it to waterproof it. And then took like this this crazy glue stuff and then stuck moss to it. It looked awesome. And we broke into the cabinet and took all the popsicle sticks. And then sharpened them to sharp stakes. And then built a palisade all around the top of our fence so that the monsters and bad stuff couldn't get in. Then we drugged dad's tiki torch out of where it was supposed to be. And then stuck it right in the middle and then took the candle out. And then put a G.I. Joe at the top for the lookout. It was awesome. And you know how much we played with that once we had it all set up? Not one bit. We just went on to the next thing. We never played in the stuff that we made. And I just thought about that story and about, you know, honestly, our whole childhood, how we would go from one thing to the other, because it's so easy to, to lose interest in the things that you can be momentarily passionate about. Some of you guys are like this too, like in adult ways, like with you know, finances or with you know, you know, projects that you get into and then you still got an unpainted room in your house from 10 years ago. You know, Amen? Yes, you do. You got something you've been meaning to get to for a long time. You thought it would look so nice as soon as you started it. And some of you guys, maybe you got a car out there, still don't run. You know, it's just a hunk, of, a hunk of metal and you're never going to get to it, but you, you think you, you we start well. Humans start really well. And that's a, that. And uh, Gregor was on the way. We went to pick him up. Me and Brandon went to pick him up yesterday. And he had forgot his charge cord for his Kindle. He's playing his games. And so, uh, you know, he saw a Best Buy. He's like, "Well, we need to go buy one." He left it in his backpack. And uh, and Brandon gave this great parenting advice because he's like, "I don't have a charge cord." Mm. And Brandon said, "That sounds like a you problem. That sounds like a you problem, buddy. You left your cord." we're not stopping to spend $20 to get a new cord just because you can't remember put it you know, in your backpack or whatever. It's a you problem. And so whenever we, as Christians, you know, we're walking with God and we're maybe start off well or you have good seasons, it's real easy to kind of fall back into old habits. You know, not necessarily even sin, or, or just kind of let go. You know, I'm, I'm going to read my Bible all the way through. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be faithful in my devotions. I'm going to I'm going to give more. I'm going to be more. I'm going to do more. Uh, I'm so excited. You know, this is a new season in my life, and so easily. And we don't go out and pursue horrible things usually. It's just you know what happened to that. What happened to the to the wonder. That caused me to be a believer who, who Jesus was the first thing on my mind when I rose and the last thing before I went to bed, and, and I just lived in the illumination of who God really is. And, and then I just, you know, I would open up His Word and it would be like, how much more can I read before I go to work? Not, oh, do I have to read it before I work? But just, you know, on my break and I'm, I'm flipping through stuff. I'm like, oh wow, that's just, a, I, God is so amazing it's so beautiful. You're telling everybody you know, and you're saying you 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 have to come to church. You have to meet Jesus Christ because it's changed me. It's the biggest deal in my life, and I just—I don't know why everybody else is not going nuts like I am. You ever feel like that? Like why is nobody else going nuts about this? I feel like that sometimes. We should feel like that sometimes, but it's so easy to let that wonder kind of fade into the white noise of the background of a busy life. Stress, or whether it's uh, you know just busyness, we've never been so busy. Never been so busy. Yet at the same time, we've never had it so easy. You've never been able to do the amount of work that you can do now in an hour like that. Never in all of human history. You know, you can you can pay all your bills. I don't run errands. Do you run errands? That was a big thing growing up. Dad went and ran errands. I don't know these errands because like I just pay it on my phone. Or my computer. You know, to pay the electric bill, like it is, okay, I ran the errand. Like, I've ran two errands since I've been preaching up here, y'all didn't see. You know, like, we have so much time. We have so, you know, the ability just to call and just, you know, um, you know, oh, you used to have to ask people for directions. What a weird world that was. And not know if it would be real or not, you know? You know, you had to ask somebody who looked like they knew less than you did, and hope. No way. You know, somebody asked me the directions the other day. I said, you know, "They're like, how do I get to you know fifty four this this and this?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, absolutely. You know, so what you're going to want to do is uh, type it in your phone, and do what it tells you. <laughs> That's what you're going to want to do. <laughs> like, I don't know directions. We have so much time. We have so much, uh, so much ease. Yet we've never had." So little time for the things that matter. What's going on with that? That sounds like an us problem. That's what the Word of God would declare to all of our excuses. Oh, God, you know what just this came up, this came. And God would say, that sounds like a you problem. You need to wake up the wonder, the excitement that serving me should entail. Bible say in Revelations, in Revelation 2, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks amidst the seven golden lampstands. Here's what he says to the church at Ephesus. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. That's a good thing. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And you have found them liars that's a good thing too right you don't just swallow anything you know that somebody's you know, preaching and you check it against the counsel of the word of God not me not brother Steve not brother Parker not nobody counsel of the word of God amen now obviously you know we have been vetted and you know, we're in agreement. it's like you know we, we understand you know we're you know steeped in doctrine however we still check it against the word always always every everything as a matter of fact what does Spurgeon say there is no new gospel that is not a false gospel. Good preaching right there. Not for me, that's a virgin. There's, there's, no, there's no new version of how to do Christianity that's not a false version, right? That's true. The Bible says, You have tested those who say they are apostles and they are not, and you have found them liars. You have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Those are all really good things, right? All the church, he says this. You have done these things. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. Wow. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we love you. We appreciate you. We, we thank you, God, for a uh, sometimes what is a, a rebuke to all of us. Remind us again who you are and how worthy you are of all of us. Our hearts, our minds, our, our energy, Lord, our dreams, our hopes, our desires. You are worthy to be the center of it all. Remind us, Lord, as we look into your word and then we see ourselves as we truly are and see you as you truly are and we contrast the two and see the work that we need to do in ourselves. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen, Austin. People have a hard time following through with stuff. You know, whether you're, a, whether you're one of the Parker cheering and, you know, or whether you're, a, you know, no, no raise of hands. Anybody start a new diet? You know, on, a, you know, right, or a new habit of some kind? A new something? A little fancy new something? I don't know. I don't know, something different that you, a commitment that you had made. You know, I used to work in a, in a fitness center. Yeah. Thank you for calling Fitworks Fitness Center, home of the Unlimited Guest Pass. How can I help you? ingrained forever in the back of my mind. And uh, I would make more commission selling in January than the rest of the months combined. I literally asked if I could just quit and work another job and then come back just in January. Um, it, was, it was that different because people will have a New Year's resolution. They'll want, you know, to, to make some changes, get in there, maybe you know, run run a little bit on the treadmill, you know, lift. I'm gonna start eating healthy, I'm gonna do this. And so they make these New Year's resolutions. The first thing they have to do is go buy a gym membership. And so you know, I would sell them, I would sell them, and then all of a sudden I realized I was like, man. And I asked my manager, I said, what would happen if everybody came? And, and for and he was like He's like, well, we'd have to shut down. He's like, we would have to close because there's no way. You know, I was like, you know, I'm looking at it, So we got 7,000 members and a 350-person capacity at the gym. Literally. I was, like, I was like, Chad, I've sold more memberships than we have room. And he's like, don't worry about it. That's how it is. As the people, you, you, you have 7,000 members and then 300 people uh, doing the work. Some churches are like that. Amen. Amen. Some jobs are like that, right? You have know, 7,000 employees and you got 300 people working. You know what I mean? He said, we would have to close down. There's no way that we, we, we would be, if people, if people ever followed through, we'd have to shut the whole place down. I wonder if the enemy ever says that about your life. I wonder if there's that conversation, you know, that, that theoretical conversation in hell, and that the enemy says to you know to to himself, or says you know one demon says to another, if we if 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 that person ever followed through, we would have to shut the whole operation down. If that person, if the per that person, it could be you, it could be your neighbor, somebody in the in the building, if that person ever became the man that he was called to be, that he knows that he's called to be, and he's been given the tools and the empowerment and the education and the ability to be, if he ever followed through on an altar experience, we'd have to shut the operation down because we're not geared or equipped to stop him from being who he's called to be. We're just not. We don't have the stuff. We don't have the equipment. We don't have the, uh, the, the power. We don't have the authority because of the name of Jesus. We don't have the authority to keep him from being who he's supposed to be. Thank, not God, thank whatever the devil would say. Thank him that he don't follow through. Because if he did, oh, what, what about a whole church of people The whole context of the spiritual oppression and attack in this region that, that, that just cloud of oppression and darkness that you can feel over the city sometimes with the, with, with, with the, the alcoholism and the abuse, the sexual abuse, the immorality, um, the drug problems that are there that are a resultant of spiritual attack and oppression. What if the enemy said, if there was just one church who would follow through and be filled with the Holy Spirit and authority and power, they would take it serious, they would they would be who they could be, who they should be, and they would follow through We'd have to shut the whole operation down. But people tend to lose the passion, the excitement, and the love. And it's not anything to do, see, sometimes it's easy to think this, like, well, it's just easy to do that, you know. It's, it's a God thing. That's a God problem. That's a church problem. The church doesn't have this or the church doesn't have you know, this going on or, or the preacher is like, he's killing me. You know, he's, just, he's not a very good preacher. The music, you know, they missed a couple notes and just ruined everything or whatever. whatever. You know The lights are too dim. The music's too loud. Whatever your excuse for not being who you're called to be is. Amen. Amen. Whatever that is. This is a battle. What kind of battle has perfect conditions that you're so called to fight through. It's a battle. Not everything is ever gone. This supposed to be a spiritual attack. We're supposed to fight through it. Amen. This is this is tough stuff. Sorry, visitors. <laughs> Hope you come back sometime. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm laying it on us. On us. I didn't say landing it on them. I'm laying it on us. Amen. But I think God would say that, you know, it's not that I've changed. I think it's a it's a you problem. It's a us problem. See, and now he doesn't have just rebukes. He does not have just rebukes for this church. He loves this church. And this is not a backslidden and and totally gone church. This is a a, a church that needs to wake up the wonder. You know what I mean? There's a correlation between the strengths and weaknesses of a church. A correlation is a common pattern or similarity that you can kind of notice. That's what a correlation is. He says, I know your works and your labor. He says, I know your labor two times. And he says... uh, and he says, I know your works once in this short passage, so basically what he's saying is this, you're working hard I see you out there I'll give it to you, you're working hard maybe, maybe that's your story, maybe you're working hard, you're doing your best, you're being faithful, you're, you're, you're working hard you're laboring for the Lord and you're not even getting weary, says a lot of you, that you know where your source is awesome I encourage you. I bless you. These people worked hard for the kingdom. To grow the kingdom, to fulfill the law, to live righteously and holy as they can, as the word of God dictates and teaches us, to pray and read and to do. That's a pretty good thing to say. And secondly, he says, you have patience. He says, you have patience two times. And he says, you have persevered, which means you have lasted through the attacks. You have lasted through the negativity. You have lasted through all the bad things that have come your way. You've done really good. You have stuck it out. That's what the Bible says here, basically. You have stuck it out when nobody else would, and I bless you for that. He gives him another kudo, if you will. He says, you don't tolerate evil, and actually that's a huge deal that is a huge deal in this culture because right now we are in the middle of a landslide where evil is being called good, good is being called evil. Any kind of virtue is being rebuked, and, and any kind of sin, no matter how grotesque and how weird, it's, it's it becomes taboo. And like, ooh, yeah, you know, anything anything cool, weird, bad, and wrong, anything against the you know anything that's countercultural to the norms and the values that have made this country great and made and, 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 and made us a Christian nation or caused you to be in right standing with God. Any of those values. Just do the opposite of that, and you'll be celebrated. It's true. That is, that is 100% true. 100% true. They were praised because in this very evil culture where the Word of God is teaching us about Ephesus, they were praised because they did not tolerate evil. They tested false teachers against the true Word of God, and they pursued Truth. done here, about about 75 and a half percent done. But I want to get into what the solution is, right? I want to just like, you know, rebuke and then talk about the problem. Let's talk about the solution. He says, nevertheless, I have this against you. What does God have against me? What will God have against the way that we operate, where you are right now? Because he loves you, but there's a problem. He says, you have left your first love. Now, I kind of got this sideways, you know, from time to time, like trying to figure out what exactly does that mean? What exactly is the word of God saying? They left their first love, they backslide. Is that what we're saying? They're like, they're t- totally gone. You know, they're, they're not Christians or they're not at the, the church anymore. That's not really what, to, what I gather from this, this passage of scripture, that it's just a complete walking away from God, a complete backsliding. Uh, Another translation doesn't say uh, you have left your first love. It words it kind of in different order um, to give you a little extra context. He says, uh, you have left the love you had at first. You have left the love, the type, the level, uh, the enormity, the passion, the depth of the love that you had at first. And that kind of like, you know, helps to, with both of those, clarify the thought. um, What the word of God is saying that you're still here, but you're not all here. Amen? You ever been like that? All you know you have. In classrooms, you're, you're present. But are you, though? You know, thinking about anything else in the world, your mind's a different place, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at your phone or whatever it is in class and that those kind of things. You're, you're, you're present, but you're not all there. And what the Word of God is teaching them is that yes, you're still you're working hard, you're showing up, you're faithful, you're persevere, you're doing like you're checking a lot of good boxes here. This is great. Um you don't listen to false teaching, you don't tolerate evil, you're trying to live right, you're trying to do right. However, the the, the fire, the love that burned inside you whenever you first started is all but faded out. And now you're doing the right things and you've halfway forgotten why you're doing it in the first place. has changed so what does he say he says nevertheless I have this against you you've left your first love but what is is the answer he says remember from where you have fallen remember from where you've fallen remember where you were go back to where you were spiritually, mentally, um, whenever you had decided. For me, that's an altar. For a lot of you, it is too. For some of you, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a prayer closet at home. It, it's, it, it, it could be anywhere. But he said, remember from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, the first works, the simple works, the basics. Get back to basics. The things you did when you first loved Christ, do those things if you want to restore Your passion, your zeal, that the desire. Just do it. It's not magic, it's not anything that's impossible to know or to understand or to comprehend. It's not something that's out there in the ether beyond the realm of human comprehension. Just do the basics. That's the same way for restoring a relationship. Go back to the level of respect that you held each other in at the first. Go back to that when it was an option, you know. Go, go, go back to the place that you were whenever there was respect, whenever there was affection, whenever you did all the little things because you cared. The Word of God says go back to there. Remember where you were, how it was. You know, there are a lot of things that, uh, that technology can help us with love the music. I'm going to have you guys bring it totally down just for one second because I'm going to do an illustration and then I want it back. So there's a lot of things technology can help us with, right? I told you, you want to know how to get there? Type it in your phone and then click go and then listen to Google. Listen to mine. Sounds like an Irish woman. Yeah. I will obey this Irish woman because I don't know where I'm going other than that. Now I also lose my keys. Not only do I lose my keys, I lose my uh, my earpods. Have you seen these? These you know wireless earbud deals. I love them. They're a great great present that sister probably regrets getting me because they're in all the time. So, but I have on a little keychain, and somebody introduced this into my life, it's an app on my phone. It's called the Tile app. You you know of this? You ever heard of this? Okay, so we're gonna bring up the Tile app, and I have lost my headphones. Uh uh-huh where could it be where could it be and I have this little circle it gets bigger and bigger and bigger this is not a product review I don't get paid for this but Uh uh-huh some of you are going to go out and get one now for your keys my keys are back home I could have used this you can go ahead and play it's a very simple illustration. There are a lot of things technology can help you find again. And, uh, you know, having your, your, you know, your Fitbit or whatever it is to help you with your, uh, your New Year's resolutions, your steps. You know, you can count calories and you can put them on, you know, a lot of stuff. But when it comes to God, I suggest you return to where you've fallen from. Now, the irony of where these things were was probably not lost on you because that's where your passion is. That's where your zeal is. That's where your desire is. That's where your excitement is. That's where your strength is. That one place that you have left behind you say how can I wake up the wonder like you're talking about how do I get back to that excitement now you can't generate excitement yeah you actually probably could because if you'll make the sacrifice the word of God says to do those little things to return to where you were where you have fallen from to get back to the basics and begin to seek God and do the things that you don't feel like doing then maybe you'll feel like doing the things that right now you don't because That is how you ignite the relationship with Jesus Christ again. You have to be faithful. You have to see it for the value that it has. And you have to choose sometimes to shake up your own self a little bit. Nobody's going to do that for you. No preacher can push and pull and prime. No song can hit the right note to where you can truly just desire and get back on the right track and be who you're supposed to be in God. Sometimes we have to shake ourselves and wake it up in ourselves. be if we were all that God intended for us what would we accomplish church and right now I'm really not talking to you know unbelievers or visitors necessarily or people who, uh, who don't have a relationship with Christ I'm talking to us we're at the beginning of a new year of a new season and God has great and wonderful things ahead believe that with all my heart. However, in order to unleash that, to accomplish that, we've got to be who we're supposed to be. We've got to wake up the wonder in our own lives, in our own hearts, and serve God with the passion and zeal, the desire that we know has just been buried and set aside. Amen.